yeah, it is a sass forever. Good there. Uh, uh, let's do a show. You want to do a show? I think. I think. Yeah, it's a good time. I'm not waiting for you. I'm playing the intro music. Oh, uh, what, what? So what if I didn't answer? If I didn't say I want to do a show, would you play the? Intro? I think the intro music is on, John. Oh my God, he's yelling again. What? I can't hear you. I'm playing the intro music. No, it's, I actually turned it down this time. Oh, you did. When we did the test before. I see. I can't. I'm going half deaf from all my you years of being a tour be. manager and a band on radio. Oh my god! Just want to throw radio. It had nothing to do with that. But right away, cram it in. Cram what it in. band was it? Uh, there were two bands that I was a tour manager for. The Guffs. They're both out of Milwaukee. The Guffs, and another band called Citizen King, who had a top forty song back in that 90, one. I feel like I'd heard I, of. I, I Better Days was the name of it. They played. I've on set. seen Better Days. Yeah. Oh, been yes. the star of many plays. They, I, I actually like that song. It's it, it's, bad, yeah. I have satellite and it's played quite a bit. And the oh, funny thing still. is, is it's I do play it when it when it you know it gives you notice. You can set it up so it notifies you when that song's coming up because yeah. of technology. Yeah. And so I'll play it, and I played it a couple times for the kids, and it's funny now I can hear the kids just randomly like <laughs> singing it in the house singing without me. Well. And I'm at first I want to say that that's cute. But right. then I'm like, it's a little bit odd because that's they're singing my past experience. Yeah. But they just that's know not how they're associated. It's, it. it's, it's their it's their future experience too, though, because I guarantee the RA in their first dorm room is going to have that blaring right. from his room. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> the first, RA. yeah. Col- some college campuses never change. Yeah, <laughs> the RA is John's age. <laughs> yeah, exactly. Welcome to Hollywood Anonymous. I am Brian Irwin. I am John Huck. And. Well, sitting in with us today is the uh, world the famous Mike Black. World famous, <laughs> world uh, famous. The uh, intelligence that we need for today's episode. We brought Mike in intelligence Black. into the we show. An MIT we, scholar. This Mike is a very, <laughs> this is a very special episode of the Hollywood Anonymous podcast. You yeah. know, Mike, it's um, it's it's uh, interesting that you're here because this uh, the last Turn episode. The music off, you're still yelling. <laughs> Jesus <laughs> Christ! I'm not yelling. I didn't know there would be John yelling. John I didn't know. Mike was like, I didn't know I'd be yelled at. I thought I we were told, just going to. Get out. I was told no yelling. Specifically, I asked. You're, yell, you're yelling now. <laughs> well, now I'm just talking loud. No, no. You're, you're the same thing. Um, so last episode. My manager, Freddie Porkchops, assured me <laughs> that there would be no yelling. <laughs> Freddie Porkchops. That's good. That's what? about where, where my industry standing is. Okay. That I would yeah. have a manager whose last name it was, was also a menu item. <laughs> <laughs> Mike was Mike was a guest on the show a while back and said the funniest thing long after <laughs> the show was done oh, that I've ever had a podcast guest say to me. We saw we ran at each other. We see each other at auditions occasionally. Yeah. And uh, I, I was like, hey, man, you know, how's, how are you doing? Good, good. Hey, uh, I still haven't gotten my check for the show. Is there <laughs> and like with complete seriousness. And I was like, oh, oh, oh. Uh, yeah, no, it's in the mail, dude. We pay all our guests quite a bit of money. I actually had a guy I've had on a podcast before. He's a pretty famous actor. I hit him up. I go, hey, man, I'd like you to do my new podcast. I've, we're at 135 episodes in or whatever, and you'd be great. It's about Hollywood. He's like, oh, yeah, I'd love to, dude. Uh, contact my manager. And I was like, oh, well, this sounds weird. Okay. And so I contact the manager. I'm like, hey, I just want to know if I could get him. He's like, that sounds great. Um, you just hit me back with what the days are, and we'll talk compensation. And I was like, you know what? I think I'm good. Uh, yeah, I'm good. I'll just call Mike Black. Which, which <laughs> part? Which part? Which part of podcast do they not understand? Yeah, I, uh, I just it was. You I know, think there's three podcasts that pay, if any of them. Yeah. I, don't, I, I didn't and even know podcasts pay, like pay. I don't think a hundred bucks. Yeah, too. but it's not like they're paying like. 
you know, car money or anything yeah. like that. You Again, know? cannot stress the word podcast enough. <laughs> yeah, I, yeah, I just don't understand. I was just like, okay, well, that's unfortunate because what I'm thinking about doing is going back and finding the interview from the first podcast and see if we can sort of edit it <laughs> into a new interview. <laughs> I think the most I've been paid in the last three years of doing podcasts is someone brought a bag of uh, Cadbury mini eggs. Oh, okay. I, I thought you were going to say weed. It. I was going to say weed yeah. would be a more... Uh, Cadbury weed eggs. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Give it time. I Give it time. Say, we'll be a thing by next Easter. Uh, yeah. I, I hope someone from Cadbury is listening. <laughs> that that's all. That's the only <laughs> they people. They are sitting on a gold mine. Cadbury and candy corn. As soon as they release that... Cadbury and candy corn. Well, hey, really once, once you listen. were allowed... Once they d- allowed you be, to be able to ship... Yeah. Weed... You know, over the open of that. So yeah. why not Cadbury weed eggs, dude? I mean, it, it, it eventually will get to that point. Well, I mean, you're, there's already you go into yeah. a pharmacy now, and you can already buy a chocolate bar or a brownie or in whatever. a regular pharmacy. Well, I, when I say pharmacy, I mean uh, the Green Cross, mar- marijuana pharmacy, the Green Cross, the Green I, the pharmacies I go to, <laughs> yeah, where I buy my Christmas presents. Do they also <laughs> do weed flu shots? Uh, no, they <laughs> don't do be... weed flu shots. Like, I don't know what that would be. Just like here, smoke this marijuana stick, and then we just <laughs> inject you with the flu shot. Brian calls joints marijuana sticks. <laughs> marijuana sticks. Because Brian sticks. doesn't know any better. <laughs> yeah. Um, but this is a, this, a special well, episode. Before we get to that, oh. what I was going to say was, <laughs> on the last episode, uh, as you were sitting there and I was staring at you, it, it was, I was remembering, remembering our past, Sure. Was we had a, a, a conversation about Orson Welles because there's that. Oh. Doc- have you seen the stuff, the documentary? On, I have um, yet. Like oh. four different people. Just because Mike used me. to do an Orson Welles joke yeah. back in the day, and so I, it, you know, you you do a, a, an Orson Welles impression. I, I do a, a pretty good Orson Welles impression when I have something to say. I don't have anything right do, now. Do, can I ask you a question? Sure. You were doing that, Orson Welles. Um, there's going to be more. So um, <laughs> this is it. Only one. Yeah. This is this is one question. You answer <laughs> I, and leave. I answer and then get out. You can go now. Good yeah. podcast. You just see the door open up and you're like, is that really what's <laughs> okay? I have to leave the premises. It'd <laughs> better if we just had a, a, a mobile seat that we just pushed you out of the room as soon as you were done with the question. Trap door. Hey, is this seat supposed to be moving towards the door? Yeah. No. No. You're good. You're good. Okay. Help. Um. Did you notice as you were doing the Orson Welles joke, because he died in, what, like 85 or something like that, so there's only a certain group of people that are even going to know who the hell Orson Welles is, right, regardless of Citizen Kane. People, we yes. knew him growing up as a character. Like, that's right. where, where we knew him as. So did We you, knew him from selling wine did, and stuff yeah. like that. You oh, know? my God. Uh-huh. Yeah. So did yeah. you, <laughs> yeah. did you, right. you kind of notice a shift at some point where you're like, huh, people mm-hmm. are really not really grasping what the hell I'm talking about? No, because, okay. <laughs> <laughs> no, I know what you're saying, and I definitely, the thing is, I wasn't playing to very young audiences most of the time. When I was doing The Road, I was doing it with comics that were real big in the 80s. Okay. And so most of their fan base was in their like 40s okay. and 50s. So and they were like aware of So they Orson all Wells. got they got him from beginning to end like yeah. to where he got ridiculous at the end there, you know. Yeah. And um but I did notice like the few times that I would be here in LA and play like one of the like remember that punk rock coffee house that would throw change at you? <laughs> If what? if they liked what you were doing, they would throw pennies and stuff what at you. What was that place? It was uh, it was up here on Sunset next to Meltdown. 
and they're no longer around. No. <laughs> For yeah. some reason, the business <laughs> they ran out of wow. pennies. Whipping <laughs> changing people did not uh, <laughs> yeah. seem to be what everyone was interested uh, in. They're kind of into violence of some form. <laughs> yeah, so, it's uh, a very that ought to fly. aggressive type of fan. Wow. wow. And uh, but yeah, I would do it there, and they didn't. It was just over their heads. But they would throw change anyway. Yeah. I think <laughs> just to, just to be supportive. They were like, <laughs> well, he's really of, committing. What, what a bunch you? of great people. What am I yeah. a wishing will? Um, <laughs> yeah. yeah. The I don't even really remember the wine commercials that yeah. I can that I think like I always Paul Masson. What I remember the French vineyards of Paul Masson <laughs> have put together a fantastic Chablis <laughs> that anyone can enjoy. <laughs> Be they a shoe salesman ah. or a Wall Street tycoon, <laughs> anyone can enjoy the fine taste of Paul Masson. <laughs> we will sell no wine. Before it's time. There we go. There we go. <laughs> I I saw. Did you ever uh, see? That like, was back when you could take your time selling something. Yeah. By the way, yeah. yeah. The commercial dramatic like three pauses. minutes long. <laughs> that they must. I've seen <laughs> B-roll of some of his commercials. Oh my god! Seen those. It's hilarious because he's drinking they the wine. Complimentary. Give him all yeah. the Palmasani can drink. He's pounding to come it. do the commercial, and he's just liquored up as can be. Oh my god. And and has no idea what he's saying yet. He has such director frustration from never really being recognized. Yes, that he refuses to be directed oh. even while he's yeah. angrily drunk. Yeah, it's a great time. Ch- it, check those out on YouTube. It's the, you should check those out on YouTube. And also, yeah. do you remember what's that Will Ferrell show that was out on Adult Swim a little while back? Yeah, where he was like this. He was basically <laughs> an Orson Welles yeah. character. He sat at a table just pounding <laughs> wine and like introducing yeah. these bits, but like. I, I didn't even realize that at first that yeah. that was supposed to be basically Orson Welles. <laughs> right, yeah. Have you ever seen, and I'm only asking you this because you're probably the only guest that would have seen <laughs> this movie. Have you ever seen a movie called Start the Revolution Without Me with Gene Wilder and uh, Donald Sutherland? No, that sounds amazing. I didn't know what you're talking about. Norman, Norman uh, Lear and Bud Yorkin uh, <laughs> wrote and produced and directed this movie. Gene Wilder, Donald Sutherland pay, play the mismatched Corsican twins. It's about stopping the French Revolution, and Orson Welles shows up at the beginning as the narrator. He's like, he's yeah. reading a book. He's like, it's a color film, which I am not in. And then, <laughs> and then by the end, he's like, he shows up one more time, and like his voice is played out throughout it. It's like, that was my first introduction as a child. My dad showed me that movie. He loved that movie. Yeah. So that was like, I was like, oh, Orson Welles is a. He's a he's a big wig. Well, I mean, yeah, you saw him in that, important. and you probably saw him in the Muppet movie. Uh, at the end, the when first he one. gives the the standard rich and famous contract. Yes, to the okay. Muppets, and then and then you again, know. like I was telling Brian, like only like two years ago, did I watch Citizen Kane. Yeah, and I was like, holy shit! Well, this guy was twenty five when he made yeah, that movie. That makes you feel like oh, unaccomplished. Piece yeah, of shit. <laughs> like I've done it all wrong. <laughs> Every <laughs> bit of it, I did wrong. My wife said <laughs> the other day, it backwards. I have Benjamin yeah. Button career. It's completely unrelated, but it relates to failure, like most of the things I've done. Sure. And I was like, I said something to her, like, I'm tired of playing fantasy football because I just I can't handle the losing anymore. She's like, losing builds character. I'm like, I'm fifty. How many more, <laughs> I don't need character. How many more decades of Character building? Do I need before I'm in? Yeah. I, think, I think I think I either put me in the play or don't. <laughs> this character is as ready yeah. as it's gonna get. You know, uh, there's enough building blocks here. Yeah. I think. Um, Just, yeah. But, but, I mean, but, but I so anyway, to, anyway, well, yeah. So so Orson Welles, which going back to that, which I think ties into the thing, which I and again I think this is how 
my kids would look at what we're about to talk about today was that we grew up in a time where a lot of people had had made had made and built their careers. Then right. there was this empty space, and then when we're exposed to them, we see them as these characters, and we're not we didn't even know they had this whole previous yeah. life, if you will, right? Right. right. And that's kind of how Orson Welles was back then. We're talking about it's like we right. saw him as, like you said. This, Goofy. Pitch, this, this I saw him as the Nostradamus guy, like all yeah. these things uh, where like yeah. he was doing all this that, other yeah. stuff, and he would pop in. You're like, oh, okay, he's just that, and they're like, no, he was this whole other world. And we brought Mike in to talk about Stan Lee because Stan Lee passed. And if you think about it, my kids are ten and thirteen. They know him as the old goofy the fella that comes in, actor. comes into all these things. And yeah, they know he created this stuff, but their context of that yeah. is not the way you would th- that they, we know. They don't know yeah. he created it like, like back long before all of us were born. They yeah. don't even really you know. understand. And like from the ground up. Yeah. <laughs> like I mean, that all of... With, with no... Yeah, you're not basing it on... You're not like, yeah. oh, I saw another superhero that was a bat, or I saw <laughs> right. a right. who could spin yeah. a web, and I'm going to add that in. It's like... He, he he and several other people who yeah, some, sometimes do not get the credit they deserve. Sure, yeah. yeah. Uh, and if you know any of those names, let's... Steve we'll, Ditko, Jack Kirby. Uh, yeah. Ditko co-created Spider-Man with him, yes, correct? Yes, Okay, yeah. yeah. And Kirby co-created... Uh, pretty much everyone else. Every, okay. <laughs> like, for the most part, Stan Lee did the writing. He wrote like the, the characters and the origins and everything. And he would entrust someone else to do the actual art. Right. He wasn't a drawer. He wasn't yeah, a sketch so artist. So as far as like, he didn't design Spider-Man's suit, but he had Jack Kirby come in and do concepts. And he was like, this doesn't feel right. And then he uh, went to Steve Ditko instead. And he was like, I want him to look meek, like nerdy. And uh, Ditko had a better idea of what that was. And this is and what what era know, is this? This is that would have been in the s- early early sixties. Like that's when Spider Man was Kirby. Forgive my ignorance, but Kirby was the Batman. Was Batman? No, uh, Jack Kirby did. He was actually uh, in comics before Stan Lee and right. helped create Captain America. Captain America, and, um, sorry, not Batman. The Marvel. Go, yeah, going back to like thirty eight, I want to say, which is when comics started with Superman. Over at their uh, competition, DC Comics. Yeah, DC and, and DC that started in Cleveland. Yeah, correct. Yeah, okay. And um, and so they, when everyone got into comics after that, I I don't know the names of who created these first few, but the first few were from Timely Comics, and it was the Human Torch, but not the one from the Fantastic Four. Mm-hmm. He was like a living robot that for some reason was, was on, on fire. fire. <laughs> <laughs> and, and like, Gotta have something else. A little bit of overkill on that character, maybe. The maybe, robot of character. He's a flaming robot. A, maybe he, they built too much character with him, <laughs> and they're like, whoa, whoa. <laughs> We need to we need to rethink this normally, guy later on. Normally, you would question the robot's uh, uh, inner workings. If the yeah. robot started on a fire, maybe there's yeah. a failure of the if, system yeah. inside somewhere. What's wrong with the motor of the robot? I guarantee if Nothing. my iPhone catches fire and I can't put it out, it's not a super. I'm iPhone. not writing a comic strip about it. I will be returning it. <laughs> I will be returning it immediately. No, that was that the iPhones. Those yeah. were the not the Google phones. Those are the Samsungs. Those <laughs> the yeah. Samsungs that would blow up on planes. Yeah. Yeah. Siri, please extinguish yourself. That's right. Siri, immediately. I'm not kidding, Siri. Yeah, Siri, search for third-degree burns on hand. <laughs> as as we talk about this, one of the things, for those that are interested, I because I remember seeing it, and I can't remember if it was on Netflix or not, there is a documentary about the history of comic books right? Yeah. that talks about its rise and its decline, its fall, which yeah, I think was 50s. related to like a religious movement of like... Well, the Red was, Scare in particular, yeah, too. Yeah, all these things of like, it's bad news, get rid yeah. of all this stuff. The Red Scare, you'll have to kind of elaborate on, because sure. all this stuff has an effect on Stan Lee's career 
as well, correct? Absolutely. Yeah, and um yeah, he started as a coffee guy. He was he was like the gopher for the guys that were doing Captain America. And well, that's interesting. He they, was started like the basically the mail room. Yeah. Yeah, so everybody's clear. Yeah. He did not start Marvel. No, no. It was well, he mm, at the time, it was timely, and I think he was president when it became Marvel. Right, right, right. But uh, he did so not start. He didn't start the this inception of it. If you that will. whole universe, I would say, started with Submariner, yeah, and the Human Torch, and it was like those two characters were originally more like what comics had been prior to Superman existing which was uh, Monsters of Science and, you know, Vault of Horror, Tales from the Crypt, that sort of stuff. Characters that they were just like, oh, we could turn these guys into superheroes. <laughs> we didn't even think we have a flaming robot and we have a, a guy who lives in Atlantis. Yeah. Let's make them good guys That's instead. That's who Submariner was? He, lived he, in, he was basically Aquaman? He, yeah, he was like the king of Atlantis in That's the Marvel hilarious. universe. Yeah. In fact, when they did like the big Marvel and DC crossover where all of them fight each other, the two of them just sat down and had a beer together. <laughs> and just They were like, so when did your wife go crazy and try to take the throne? Uh, I was 19. How about you? And oh, like, wow. it, it was really a great little panel of just those two characters hitting it off famously. Everyone you else know? battling. And yeah. I'm like, hey, huh? How fun would yeah. it be to be in the writer's room with all those guys coming up <laughs> oh, with these storylines and how they were going to play them out and stuff like that, you know? Well, well I mean, that one was great because the first Marvel and DC proper fight the uh, fans got to vote. And so you would go into a comic book shop and there was a ballot and you would fill out and there were like, the big battles were like Batman versus Captain America, uh, Hulk versus Superman, uh, Wolverine versus Lobo, who not a lot of people are even aware Lobo of. Lobo sounds like a <laughs> guy who like plays harmonica on the corner. <laughs> he, he does. He, Lobo the hobo? Lobo the hobo. <laughs> Lobo the hobo. <laughs> He's he's actually one of the best unsung sort of heroes of the DC universe, and he's like an an evil cosmic bounty hunter, anti-hero type character. And I remember when I was filling out the ballot, this guy next to me was like, what'd you put for number three? And I was like, I think Lobo would actually win that fight. And he was like, Lobo would eat and crap Wolverine. <laughs> <laughs> and I remember thinking that was, uh, yeah. you sold me. Yep, man. number three. Yeah. Yeah. The way he Lobo. said that was yeah. such conviction. <laughs> Just, he was so serious about it. Oh, fuck. While we're talking about all this, if you ever get a chance, check out that Onion article called, um, what is it called exactly? I want to get this right. When you're ready to have a serious discussion about Green Lantern, you have my email. <laughs> <laughs> that is the name of the article, and it's fucking priceless. Whether you read comic books or not, it's tremendous. Nice. So anyway, yeah. so going back to, to, the, to the Marvel thing, so the, the, the Stan Lee was this coffee guy. Yeah. Basically, who was just kind of feeling he, out the whole world, right? Yeah, and they let him like write a lot of the like lesser magazines. He during that time he served uh, in the military, and his designation in the military was playwright because he would help with like all the USO shows and stuff like oh my that. God. He Could was a imagine? military yeah. playwright. <laughs> yeah. uh, you'll be a lieutenant. You're a captain. You're a playwright. You're a playwright. All right. uh, can I be a playwright too? <laughs> no, you're a fucking idiot. Get out there and hold your weapon. But I, I want to write. I don't want to get shot. <laughs> Who knew? 
That's great, man. How many stripes yeah. is a playwright on your shoulder? Just out of <laughs> yeah, curiosity. You will salute me twice. I am a military playwright. I want double. I, it was just jazz hands on the yeah. on, uh, uh, on the you shoulder. Salute. <laughs> jazz just, hands. You just two jazz hands up. Two jazz hands. A comedy and tragedy mask. <laughs> <laughs> Those are their patches. Uh, how was Vietnam? It was rough. I wrote three plays. <laughs> All of them poorly attended. <laughs> like, uh, okay. A really bad one. Act. You may have seen <laughs> one of my. You may have seen one of my plays in Apocalypse Now. <laughs> They used but parts yeah, of it. So, so he got to do that. Um, he fell in love with, I believe she was a showgirl. And they, they were married up until she died a year prior to his death. Mm-hmm. And, um, but he, they had him writing a lot of the, the B stuff, like teen romance comics and uh, like uh, their version of Archie comics, like the stuff that nobody really wants to write. <laughs> Yeah, because, <laughs> because, because, well, because there's less fantasy yeah. involved. There's not. Yeah, they were like, you can write these, you can write, you know, tales of suspense or whatever that nobody cares about. And so he was doing that for a while, and he would just kind of chip in and help out where he could. And then he kind of got fed up and was like, with that, with just writing that, with style just writing of that stuff, kind of stuff. Yeah. And he was like, they're just not letting me write anything I want. And so his wife told him on two separate occasions kind of the same advice. The first one, she was like, well, they're canceling the comic that you're writing anyway, right? And she was like, yeah. He was like, yeah. And he goes, why don't you just pitch them one that you really want to write? Like, if you could just write one last story, let's say you quit the business tomorrow and you write one last story, what would it be? And that was the Fantastic Four. Wow. And it was uh, the first time heroes were ever like fighting with each other like like and acting people like do. people they yeah. were acting like a family right you know and it was a watershed moment like people kids are reading this and going this is like my family he took you know <laughs> the stuff he'd been writing and yeah. sort of combined it exactly. with like, this superhero world yeah and gave it plot and dynamic that and it added this dimension to it that just human Really, the only thing close to it prior was Batman's origin. Because where, his parents were killed. And where people feel like, oh, there's this extra layer that connects me to this. Whereas I, I think Batman is even more relevant now because most people's first introduction to the character is going with their parents to the movies. Yeah. You know, which is like, it shows if that turned into the worst case scenario, what would you do from there? Right, yeah. You know? I went to see Batman with my parents. Some mugger shot them both after the movie. <laughs> yeah. I guess I'm going to be a vigilante in a mask Batman, now. You know? And uh, <laughs> you're giving me the weirdest no, stare. I'm uh, But no. Um, <laughs> Get out. Bat- Batman was... <laughs> yeah, like, Batman I was, hate your theories on Batman. Batman was DC out. though, right? Batman okay. was DC. Okay. And so, but that was the only moment prior to that that was kind of like... Human. A real human connection where it wasn't, the characters weren't just these bigger than life. They're amazing, but you'll never be anything like them. Right. Whereas these characters were very flawed and very real. And even when they had these great powers, they were still fuck ups. They're they're still flawed. They were still flawed. Like they still made mistakes and did things the wrong way. And And it added this connection for, for the reader of going, you know, I've always wished that I had these powers and that would maybe solve all my problems. And they realize, oh, no, it doesn't. It still comes down to what kind of person you are. Whatever blessings or damnings you're given in life, 
it ultimately comes down to how you roll with them, you know? And he was the first person to really lock onto that in comic books. And so then the following year, they canceled Amazing Fantasy, another comic that he was writing. And that one was uh, like Twilight Zone of the time, that sort of thing. And uh, they, he, his wife again was like, well, they're canceling it, and you hate all the stories you've written for it. Write one really good one. So wait, so he already written Fantastic Four. He'd already written Fantastic okay. Four the year before, and that was going well. pretty well. You know, it was going really well, actually. And then you'd think they would have just been like, "Dude, what else you want to do?" Yeah, yeah, but they were like, eh, "It's great." They don't really care. Like most of the comic book business was about selling novelties at that time. Yeah, like, the back of know, the back of it. They, were like, they weren't look. They weren't going deep. They weren't looking yeah. to go deep. Yeah, fucking, yeah. yeah in fact. Batman horses. Batman got created because the the head of the publishing company was like, make another Superman but different, <laughs> and, and that was the how it got started. You know, that's insane. Well, thank God though. he said because that whoever yeah. uttered those yeah. words is probably long passed away and like <laughs> has no not, idea. May have has never no seen idea what they did. Yeah. What they did, like and. And granted, some asshole saying, make a Superman but different is like <laughs> nothing compared to the guys who actually go, Jesus Christ, how do we do that? And yeah. then sat down and then fucking it's the, figured it's it It's the out. person that interpreted <laughs> that stupid statement yeah. that yeah. changed the That's world. That's the yeah. hero, right. Yeah. Bob Kane, who did yeah. that, by Bob the way. Kane, Bob Kane. Bob Kane, who, uh, uh, it, it, w for whatever reason, my principal in grade school's name was uh, uh, <laughs> Robert Kane or something. Some, his last name was Kane. And every time I had to go talk to him, there was a, a signed drawing of Batman and Robin by Bob Kane to, oh, wow. to this guy. And I was like, oh, that's cool. That's worth a lot <laughs> of money. He's well, got I'm some sure. pull. I'm sure, yeah. <laughs> he probably yeah. doesn't look at it that way, but now that's worth a lot oh, of now money. If, yeah. yeah, 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 yeah. But yeah, sorry, sorry. Go <laughs> no, ahead. yeah, that's... And, uh, and Bob Kane was kind of opposite of Stanley in a lot of ways. He was a very savvy businessman, but he was an artist. And he drew Batman, but didn't come up with his origin or any of that yeah, stuff. Yeah, he stole uh, that yeah. from his uh, partner. The, yeah, well, no, a guy he hired, he was like, uh, write an origin for this character. And the guy wrote mm, arguably the greatest origin for a superhero ever. And what was that guy's name? Uh, that was Bill Finger. Bill, yeah. right. So I saw yeah. that documentary about yeah. Bill Finger finally getting his name yeah, they finally in a credit it. for, for uh, Batman versus Superman. Yep. It was the first time his name has appeared on a movie screen, and this guy basically created the origin story of Batman and yeah. was shafted by Bob Kane yeah. until Bob Kane's death, where right before he died, he said, yeah, you know what? Actually, this guy did help me out. Sorry. Yeah. Guilt. Guilt. Yeah, yeah he said, like, I, I should have given him a byline, was what he said. <laughs> and then, I, I don't know if he croaked moments later, but it was but shortly it was, after It was that. shortly after that. Yeah. And that, that, like, first of all... It's, that was his rosebud? That's, yeah. That's disheartening, because... Finger. What? You, all these people put so much, like, it's not just one person. Like, that's what I kind of want to clear up about sure. Stan Lee is like, yeah, Stan Lee is the creative force behind a lot of it, but like, right. he he's had the help. personality. He the, had uh, help. Yeah. Not yeah. everyone's going to be able to get cameos in the movies. I understand yeah. that, but like, let's give yeah, some more the, credit to some of these people. What they call the Marvel House of Ideas uh, was uh, a ton of uh, writers and artists that really, you know, took the the pros that he gave them and turned them into these elaborate, very cinematic worlds yeah. long before they were put in movies. Steve Ditko also did Doctor Strange, and if you look at some of the artwork for those comics back then, it's unbelievable. It's like 
storyboards on an unlimited budget. And then I like y- you see the Doctor Strange film and you think, wow, they really came up with some great stuff for this. And it's like someone came up with that stuff 30 years ago. And they're being, they, they just figured out the budget to put it on a screen. To do the, the effects you know? the way they were drawn. I- exactly. Yeah. yeah. Like just check out some of the covers of Doctor Strange yeah. uh, magazines. And Steve Ditko's art was astounding. Which is interesting that you say that because yeah. as a guy who's never really been into comic books, like I, my. Intro to comics was literally the Sunday paper. I sure. read the Spider-Man comic strip. Yeah, but I was like, "That's not very funny." <laughs> you know no. what I mean? Like, and I was like, <laughs> I wanted it to be funny, and when I would it's read a Sp- really <laughs> tough thing to break a comic book down into three panels. Oh my god! Yeah, a day or something, yeah. like, or a week, a even week, worse. and then be like, "Yeah, this yeah. is the whole. This is the story." Next week, I go next week because a lot of times Bailey wrapped it up. Week. Why am I watching yeah. next week? Yeah, a lot of times in in like the the weekly strips, it would be like. Spider-Man jumps on the back of a garbage truck. Next week, yeah. you will have, you know, and that was it. That was all they could do in three panels, was, you know, for that whole story. But I never, you know? I didn't know, like, people like me, I assume there's <laughs> others like us who yeah. are, who enjoy the movies, but, like, I didn't know Doctor Strange was a character. Yeah. Didn't know it was a comic book. Didn't know it was anything until all of a sudden there's a movie, and <laughs> yeah. then I'm seeing it's connected to yeah, you're like, all oh. these other uh, well, Marvel again, characters. That's why there's uh, one of the best used words ever is the word universe. Yeah, it's massive. Yeah, that's a massive. That is, that's we a actually have a poster. Our, our, uh, my kids used to have a poster in the room of oh. the Marvel universe, and it's yeah. even they were like, as a lot. Well, and well it's, yeah, just because it's, it's grown substantially since then. Yeah. You know? And like now they can't even really fit it all on one poster. Like they kind of cheat on most of yeah, them. And yeah, they have like yeah. a bunch of red mysterious figures <laughs> in the background. It's like guy is that guy wearing a lampshade? Or, you know. And and look, to be clear, not every one of them is going to have their own spin-off movie exactly. and origin story. And I mean, at some point it will hit a burn factor. But the primaries are gonna get their day in court. It you know will, I mean? but I will. I don't rule anyone out no. though, just because of some of the stuff they've put up. Because of what they've done yeah, recently, like, yeah. I am the most hardcore comic book person I know personally <laughs> that, that, uh, I, that I have a personal relationship with, you know, and even I, when I heard they were making Guardians of the Galaxy. So wait, was, did you send the Green Lantern email to yourself? <laughs> yes, yes, many times, <laughs> I, more than once. I, <laughs> this way lies madness. <laughs> How dare you? you know, but but um, I... Uh, when I heard they were making Guardians of the Galaxy, I was like, why? There's so many other good things to make. Like, Guardians of the Galaxy was always like, if you were reading a, a space comic book like Silver Surfer or something, they were in the background somewhere doing something stupid that you didn't care about. There, I know maybe two people I've met in my life that were actually reading Guardians of the Galaxy and What do you think the reason was that they pulled them and moved them up to the front? I think it was because they couldn't screw it up. Because with someone like Captain America... There was no preconceived, this is what the movie should be. There's a lot of vested interest already. Superman, Batman, any of those... People get enraged when those movies come out. Or they're they're either elated or they're super pissed. Guardians of the Galaxies, what would be the tie to Stan Lee there other than the fact that he just oversaw? That was not a a main creation of his? No, I I think he had a hand in creating Groot. I may be wrong. But Groot was like an old school science fiction monster type character. Okay. 
that they again they repurposed and <laughs> turned into right. a good guy later on. I love that when you learn um, the history of a lot of stuff about repurposing. Yeah, like, that, in the toys that we made, uh, that, that was the a toys big thing they used us. to talk about. The toys that made us, yeah, yeah. they we talk got this about jungle how you cat. Well, yeah. He Man could fuck. It's t- it's just the size of He Man. He Man could ride it. Put yeah. a saddle on it. Okay, yeah. but, put it, a but it turns it, like, into Battle Cat, yeah. and, yeah. and 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 henceforth. Some yeah. cheap guy somewhere at a, at, a, at, a, at a toy manufacturer creates this, uh, inadvertently, again, yeah. creates an yeah. iconic I, character. I can't recommend that documentary enough. The Toys oh, That yeah. Made Us is so good. It's, it's on Hulu. It's it, so It really good. is great. Uh, the greatest G.I. Joe of all time, Snake Eyes. Dude. Cost-saving cost measure. We don't, we don't have enough money to paint all of them. Well, don't paint don't, this one don't at all. Pay, don't give this just one a make face. Him black. Yeah, <laughs> I just, and he's like the number one. Like, oh, I gotta get Snake Eyes. He's yeah. cool. Some people may not like the idea of pulling back the curtain to reveal yeah. how things actually got created, because oh, I think no, part I of us it. wants to think that everyone's this mad scientist <laughs> in a room that's like, sure. that's you know, got that's backlit and there's yeah. smoke and like wind blowing when they, when they finally come up with the grand idea, everyone <laughs> stands up and cheers, yeah. and you find out that most people are dismissive and like, yeah. Whatever, go ahead, I guess, if you think that's a good idea, oh, idiot. Yeah. I'm always reminded of when uh, Bart Simpson goes to the Mad Magazine office, and he goes, I wonder what it's like behind this door, and he sees, like, spy versus spy happening, and yeah. Alfred E. Newman walking around, all this stuff. <laughs> and then he, he knocks on the door, and it's just some old fat writer and a bunch of <laughs> other old guys smoking. What do you want, kiddo? <laughs> Not, nothing. <laughs> you know? I'm sorry. Toys that made us is on Netflix, not Hulu. Yeah, I made it. Yeah. Yes, Netflix. it is. Uh, so, just wanted to make so, sure. So, so, so a lot of so I guess we've lost sponsors. Yeah. <laughs> I just want people. If people want to go find it, I wanted to go to the right place. Yeah. But the but the Stan Lee thing. It, 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 now that we you know have seen his life arc, yeah, a lot of it. You know, sometimes sure you're not like the nuts and bolts guy, yeah. But the fact that you're there. Yeah, turned it in. The fact yeah. that he existed I, and the way he existed within that world is kind of what made the universe. Exactly. That's kind of what made uh, Marvel what Marvel was. How do you he, how do you see his ultimate? Like, so talking about that versus the specific characters, how do you see what he what he took and how he turned it into what it became? Like, that's really what his legacy okay, is. Okay, right? yeah, I I get what you're saying, and I think. Because we can, we while can. It's, while it's very true that a lot of the artists went unacknowledged, mm-hmm. a lot of them would not have had jobs at that time had they not been working in comics for him, you know. And a lot of them would have starved or would have gotten into other business or what have you, you know. But got out, yeah. Um, he kind of did for comic books what Hugh Hefner was doing for Playboy, you know, where it was like. He was the face. He was the one putting it out there, selling it to society and saying, these are okay for your kids. We're actually putting a lot of strong moral messages in these. We're, uh, they're entertaining. They're fun. It's getting kids reading. I know for, for me personally, I started reading to learn how to read Spider-Man. You know, and a lot of kids just weren't interested in, in any other type of text at that time. But I mean, th- you know, you, as a parent, like, yeah, that's all key. Like, yeah, mo- strong moral message, entertainment, uh, using your imagination, plus your reading and yeah. you're following a basic story. Like, I don't know. That sounds yeah. I thought it's all and win, showing win. and showing how to tell a story, too, of like, he, here is a visual element to storytelling. Yes. Here is a text element to storytelling. Uh, you know, here are clear-cut good guys, clear-cut bad guys, conflict, resolution, 
you know, uh, all of that in 30 pages plus ads for hostess pies and stuff, you know. <laughs> <laughs> and? And seahorses. Yeah, and Captain sea America eating hostess pies, saying, eat these and you'll look just like That's me. right. Yeah. <laughs> you know? It's like John Belushi and Little Chocolate Donuts. Right. Like, exactly. I'm a track star. Have a hostess cupcake and a exactly. cigarette and move on with your day, children. <laughs> I'm Captain America. Knowing is half the battle and parliaments are That's in right. the know. That's right. <laughs> um, it was a different time. It was a t- <laughs> did, you ever have, did you ever order seahorses? Sea monkeys. Sea monkeys. Sea monkeys. Did you ever uh, order sorry, a sea monkey? Uh, no, my brother did. And, and what did you ever get a sea monkey? No, I was allowed disgusting. to have pets. Did I? I don't remember if I told you this, John. You wouldn't know this, Mike. But I found going. My mom gave me a bunch of my old stuff, and I found an envelope that my mom never mailed out, <laughs> where I had it was off the back of a comic book where I had ordered my sea monkeys, still two dollars in there. <laughs> Where she must have been like, yeah, buddy, I'll totally order those sea monkeys. Uh, hey, Jeff, we want to get Brian's just, sea monkeys? Was, yeah. No? All right, I'm going to put this in the fuck off pile. <laughs> <laughs> Along with all the Santa letters. <laughs> sea monkeys, I'm pretty sure, are a biological weapon now. <laughs> somewhere. Somewhere in the world. We're okay. They made a whole movie. Sea monkeys Planet on of the people. Apes, dude, is about somebody ordering sea monkeys. <laughs> yeah. The, uh, so so what are they? So you had some in your household. They're basically algae. <laughs> They're like, they were, you know, the, the artwork... For the Sea Monkeys ad, Google it. It's worth checking out. It's better than the actual product? Yeah. Oh, much, much, much better. That's weird. Yeah. it's You see actual, like, humanoid fish people. (laughs) Exactly. That have created a whole castle and royalty and a whole society. (laughs) Well, that's that's what you think you're getting. That's why you're excited. For $2. Yeah, $2. That's what... This better look exactly like the picture. To a little kid... (laughs) Two dollars for the size they are. You're like, well, yeah. that, that sounds about right. Yeah, that, that sounds like a fair budget. That's hilarious. And uh, and what's, yeah, when you get them, they're kind of like seahorses, but little tiny, tiny under a microscope. <laughs> you see these sad little algae that are like, please kill me, <laughs> please, <laughs> please kill me. Can I've I been just I've been dried out in an envelope. <laughs> That was six years. Yeah, they don't powder envelope. It's like basically basically shipping anthrax to your house. Yeah, you're literally creating disease, like some sort of. Maybe that's, what, maybe that's what all those packages were that were mailed out the other day. They're just, they were They're just, just seahorses. seahorses. The people finally getting their sea monkeys <laughs> in sea the monkeys, mail. Yeah, sea monkeys, just yeah. dried sea monkeys. And, uh, just dried yeah, sea they monkeys. never, they never took dried. sprouted legs or uh, anything like that. Nothing. Like, they didn't dance. And, and it was kind of implied in the instructions that if they didn't do all of that, you were doing it wrong. <laughs> like it was, oh, it's your fault. Yeah. Well, don't the sea call us again. Working. We've given you the sea monkeys. I mean, genius marketing, though. I mean, you're reading yeah. fantasy magazines, so of course yeah. you're going to be. You're going to assume they, they're this also on kids is fa- that, yes. are, that are definitely back when you could prey the, on children, the, the, which you cannot right. do legally yeah, anymore. Certainly. Not legally, but they you find know. a way. Yeah, <laughs> yeah somehow. Yeah, but it ain't, uh, they ain't selling sea monkeys. I can tell you, but that. maybe the, they are. The the back page of every comic book was the greatest list of. Huckster goods, 3D ever, glasses, like Dakota rings, Dakota ring, smoking monkey was the only thing that actually worked. <laughs> I bought that at a bowling alley because I was like, hey, smoking <laughs> monkey. And uh, what it is is it's a tiny little rubber monkey that's hollow inside, and you put these little fake cigarettes in its mouth that are dipped in like baby powder or something, and you squeeze them, and it blows a puff of smoke. It works, you know. That's wow. That, they didn't say it did anything also else. Also, great smoking monkey. Great toy for you know? a child. Yeah. Sure. You take these animals, yeah. you force feed them cigs, 
and then they smoke. Yeah. You could still get that over in India. I think you can get smoking. Uh, oh, absolutely! Like real ones, real, real ones. ones. Yeah. And they had wounded finger, which never looked real to anyone. Which, which Marvel character was that? <laughs> <laughs> he was a Native American. <laughs> I'm wounded finger. finger. Tune in next week, kids. When wounded finger, <laughs> wounded finger has, has a hangnail. Hulk. <laughs> wounded finger has a hangnail. <laughs> But yeah, the uh, it back was all pages, just, yeah, just as creative novelty, sometimes, yeah, yeah, just selling novelty crap, basically. You know, it's basically what uh, Sky Magazine became. Sky Mall, yeah. Sky Mall. Yeah. That's a, you know, rest in peace, Sky Mall. It started. <laughs> no, <laughs> it started what is essentially one of the only truly American art forms, which is comic books. Yeah. You know? Uh, is it came out of that, out of selling crap, and how do we sell without it that to stuff? Kids, we joke about know? it. Without right. that stuff yeah. on the back pages, there we are no there comic, are no comic books. books. No, yeah. so yeah. you, yeah. Uh, comic books, made like started in America. Yeah. Okay, so the, no other that we didn't right. like take from. No, I mean a very like, American thing to do evolved. is like, what are you doing over there? Oh, people like that. Well, we're going to take it and make <laughs> yeah. it our own. Well, I mean, you could say they evolved from like hieroglyphics. You could go back that far and say, you know, or. Uh, the the dime magazines with like the Western Frontier, you know, Billy the Kid's yeah. righteous campaign through the West or whatever, all of that sort of stuff. But uh, and pulp novels as well, uh, you know, they were all like lurid sort of forefathers to comic books. Mm-hmm. But we were the first people to to say we could sell a bunch of crap this way, yeah, and and have a picture and text, picture and text through the entire thing. Rather than what most, like even pulp novels, were doing is uh, a really interesting cover, and then it's all just text. Yeah, it's like a you book. Know? It was like a book. And yeah. you touched on this before. And one of the things, because I, I heard about this too, is obviously one of the big things they talk about after Stanley's passing is mm-hmm. is the social messaging inside of uh, of the comic books. You know, not just writing a fantasy, but also having uh, good social messages inside of that. Uh, why? Why did they think that that was uh, a proper way to go? I mean, from a marketing standpoint, that could also fail miserably, right? Especially depending on what the social message oh, is, absolutely. right? Absolutely. Well, I think a lot of it had to do with. I'm glad they the, did. Don't get me wrong. Yeah, You're saying I, it's, I love that they did. I, I, mean, I think a lot of it had to do with the conscience of the people writing. Uh, you know, a lot of these. Uh, a, it's a, very progressive. A, a very large number of comic book creators. Uh, were Jews, and it was happening during the you know World War II, and all of that, and they were coming out of a society that maybe didn't get all the social messages they should have, and they were like, "What can we do differently?" I mean, you look at Superman; he is a foreigner in a new world. He's an immigrant. Yeah, he's he's the ultimate immigrant, essentially. You know, and. He loves this new place, but he knows it can be improved. And and how do you do that without being a fascist if you have godlike power? Yeah. And so a, a lot of it came from a very, like, we do not want to turn kids into fascists, but we want them to come into their own and become powerful and be able to express themselves and help the world. You know, and, like, I- even early on in, in the first few uh, detective comics that Batman was in, he when he beat an enemy, he'd snap their neck or shoot them or something like yeah, that. Yeah, he'd kill them. Yeah, yeah, and and it wasn't long <clears throat> before I think it was Archie Goodwin. I may be wrong. Uh, the publisher was like, you know, maybe he shouldn't kill people. Maybe we should uh, different types of justice. Get, get the idea <laughs> that life is sacred across, like we did with Superman, 
and just make that kind of a standing rule. And all the others uh, over at Marvel and all the other companies kind of followed suit okay. on that and were like, that's, that's a pretty good start. And then from there, other things came into it. You know, Stan Lee's uh, Spider-Man, the, the idea of, you know, power and responsibility being such a big overall theme throughout the book came from his, his realization of that, of that that's true. He had seen the worst that someone could be when give, when power is thrust upon. When given ultimate power, yeah. like, what, yeah. like how are you going to behave? Are you gonna yeah, it meant the extermination of millions of people. Yeah, you are, know? yeah. Are, you, are you that? Are you a Hitler? Are you that yeah. type of person? Or are you going to be someone who Can uses I, that power for good, for yeah. helping somebody? For exactly, and he showed that, that even when the chips are down, even when your life isn't going your way, you still have that responsibility. Yeah. And, uh, you know, in the, in that first issue where Spider-Man actively doesn't help someone because there's nothing in it for him. Yeah. And, and that pays guy. a great price yep. for it. it. I think that resonates with everyone because I think everyone has done something What's like in that it for me? Something. Nothing? Why would I right. do that? Like, like I remember oh. a knife-wielding maniac uh, <laughs> co- coming down, <laughs> down a street, and I realized there was nothing in it for me. So you took uh, off. So I, no, no, he I didn't just, even move. I just Santa stayed where I was. Yeah, yeah and uh, <laughs> one of my friends, oddly not a comic book reader, <laughs> went and attacked that guy. Uh, so you, you have know. to go, go back to the last Mike Black episode. Yeah. You can see what we're talking yeah. about. Yeah, you, you learn yeah. lessons at your own pace. Is what I'm saying. <laughs> yeah, 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 yeah. We each take them on differently. I realize I could help more in a supervising capacity. <laughs> <laughs> get him! Get him! <laughs> yeah. Get him! Wow, you're a good supervisor. Thanks, yeah. man. You fight him. I'm gonna hold everybody else Don't back. Don't get stabbed. <laughs> Thanks. I'm guy. more the <laughs> Professor X of yes. this scenario yes. than the Wolverine. Yes. <laughs> you know. There you go. I was sending you messages. You didn't get them. I was, like, I was sending them to Craig. Ste- step on his hand. Ste- <laughs> step on his hand. <laughs> That's hilarious. Mike, why is your nose bleeding? I'll, I'll be all right. I'll be all right. <laughs> but um, but no, Stanley. Back to back to what you were saying to answer your question. I think a big part of what he was doing was getting the message out there past the kids that were already into it. You know. And he would, uh, you know, he would go on like late night shows and hot comic books there and stuff like that. Yeah, uh, he would do. But he was very much like a carnival barker in a lot of ways. Like, and even the comics themselves, if you look at the covers, they were selling it so hard in such a fun way. Like, I was talking to my dad about it. How uh, I remember one of the things that was my favorite thing that they would do in comics is on the cover they would have like. Doctor Strange and uh, the Human Torch fighting each other. And so you're seeing, like, heroes fighting each other. And then at the bottom it would say, because you demanded it. (laughs) (laughs) This is your fault. Like like they were getting this massive letter campaign of, when are the Human Torch and Doctor Strange going to fight? And you would read that and you would think, I guess I did kind of want this. I better buy this and see how it turns out. You they know, just basically talk to you. Or you feel left out, like, well, I didn't wanted. know we wanted this, but yeah, gosh, I better. Makes sense. Yeah, it makes sense. If everyone now. else wants it, I should read it. You know. Well, and I, I think the uh, the whole concept of X Men would be all this social. Oh yeah, on, on steroids, well, basically, he right? Like the yeah, whole was, social acceptance was, and. You had good guys and bad guys that 
were very layered and very like as you're reading it, you're like, Magneto has a few points. You know, it's like he's not totally an asshole. He's got, uh, you know, because Magneto himself was a uh, Holocaust survivor. And so he was like, you know, they're persecuting us and we have enough power to fight back to destroy them if we wanted to. Why don't we do that? And Professor X was on the other side of it going, because we don't want to become the same people that did what happened to you. You know, that's why. And it seems like so simple, but it added. But life's not that simple. Yeah, it was the number one selling comic. I think maybe to this day. Really? Yeah, uh, the X-Men, because of that really? simple, we're protecting those that hate and fear us uh, message. Which is know? interesting, because I think a lot of people really dumb down comic books as these yeah. silly little, like, colorful things yeah, that, I do. that I people do. And, that, and, like... and it's like, and, you, and, you're, and, and again, look, it, it's, it's had its day, and, and, yeah. it's, and it has now proven to itself to, to have sustainability and that the message did win out, right? Right. And the creativity mixed with the messaging did win out. It has become this huge and massive thing in our time now. Correct. But yeah. previous to our ability to properly turn them into movies or television shows, when we didn't have that capability, um, it was just the comic book itself. And it was marginalized by a lot of people, right? Yeah, like Even people though there was some serious... Yeah, heavy messaging going on, or people were like, "Oh, silly comic books. That's just yeah, it's just going to make you stupid." It's, yeah, it's for yeah. kids. It's just whatever. It's yeah. cheesy entertainment. And you know, and I'm sure some of it was, but like you know, they <clears throat> not. I don't think every single comic was you know reaching that high benchmark. No, no. But it was interesting but, yeah. that you were willing to go down that path when you could have just went down the cheesy path. You right. could have just played on the simple concepts, the yeah. colors, the, the the hero itself, and just stuck, just stayed in your lane and never right. Yeah. And, but I don't and, think they would have they wouldn't have sustained like they did. I agree. Do you know what it, I mean? It, it exactly. It would have died but it's out. But everything is still a risk though when you do it. No, yeah, yeah for sure. And like uh, people. You know, uh, Denny O'Neill over at DC was doing stuff like Hard Traveling Heroes, where it was, uh, he took uh, some of the, like, C-list characters, like Black Canary, Green Lantern, and uh, the Green Arrow, and had them basically go on a road trip across America and address actual problems that real-world people were facing in America, like, you know, racism and, you know, drug use and all this different stuff, and and they toured the nation, these three characters on this adventure doing that. And it was such a brilliant, simple idea yeah. of like, God, these characters that should be fighting space mutants and stuff like that are trying to tackle real world problems. And Did any of them actually uh, get a drug habit at, off of it? I think... Don't, don't say Black Canary. Uh, then I won't say anything. <laughs> <laughs> what? What is? It was Black Canary, I, I don't a Canary recall. Man. No, it's a lady. She's oh. a, she's uh, her voice, uh, her song is so powerful that it can like knock down a brick wall and stuff so, like so that. It's Mariah Carey. <laughs> yeah, basically. Oh, yeah. And uh, she will not be singing the national anthem. No, <laughs> unless unless you don't want that game to happen. <laughs> you want the game to be everyone to be killed. Everyone died. <laughs> at the, we 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 blame Mar Talon Booker for what happened for the tragic events of the last Super Bowl. <laughs> you know, but um, we were we, warned. We did not vet properly <laughs> when we were doing this. But yeah, you know, and uh, and Stanley was, you know, he uh, by this time had moved on 
to mostly like being like the head editor and stuff like that. And he was more of a figurehead by the time that like Luke Cage was coming out or like uh, there, it was kind of their answer to hard traveling heroes was heroes for hire, which was Luke Cage and iron fist. And it was a very rich white guy and a very poor black guy fighting crime together. <laughs> and, you know, uh, there, there were a lot of, uh, just different types of heroes just coming out of the woodwork. Uh, one of the things Stanley definitely uh, contributed to was Giant Size X Men number one, which was X Men had been running for a, a while, and they kind of realized that one of the flaws of the book was that it was a social social message about human rights and and. Uh, race relations and what have you, and yet almost, in fact, the entire team was white people. You know, they were white people with superpowers. Yeah. So when Giant Size X-Men came out, they had representatives from all over the world, and that, I believe, is when it turned into the number one selling comic, because a lot of people finally had heroes that they could identify okay. with. Okay. Interesting. You know? Well, at least they were able to acknowledge that, recognize yeah. that, and adjust <coughs> accordingly to I, it. I think yeah. as a as a... As a uh, as a business, comic books have done a pretty good job in, and because they can change their worlds, and it's not yeah. that big of a deal like to do it on paper. So you can, like you said, if there's like we've got this group of just white males fighting <laughs> yeah. people, like we need to get a Black Panther in there. We need to get yeah. like some people in there that are diverse, and like you can just add characters, and you can yeah. give them origin stories, and you can keep expanding that universe to include everyone. Exactly. Yeah, and. Uh, they and they they would experiment too. They took like uh, beloved characters and changed the race of them and stuff like that. Like uh, when Tony Stark got a little too heavy with the bottle, James Rhodes took over as Iron Man, and so we had the first black Iron Man for a while there. And it, and it was like, and a lot of fans were not cool with that. Dude, but you know that is a thing that like yeah. when they when they tried to make uh, Michael B. Jordan. Mm-hmm. One of the Fantastic Four. Oh yeah, they uh, they made him the Human Torch. Yeah, and people lost their fucking uh, minds. Yeah, and I was like, me, you might be missing the point of all the stuff we're reading. That's <laughs> you know? that's what I'm saying. Is like I do yeah. think that a point was missed by some people when yeah, because when they do that, I see, I see it as like, dude, we just got a bunch of white people over here. Dude. Let's fucking add some other people so yeah. that you get other people interested. Exactly. You just don't want a bunch of white kids reading something. It's like boring as fuck. Totally. So to expand that, you add people that other kids can relate to. Yeah. That's what that was. That They were drawing more yeah. audience in to be enraged. And the funny thing is, those enraged people yeah. will still go see that movie. They will Absolutely. pay full price. Yeah. They will give the yep. money to the company. Then they will come back and go, yeah, they fucking got a black guy in there. I yeah. can't even believe it. Like, the <laughs> damage true. is done, dude. You, you paid yeah. $15.50 to yeah. walk into the fucking theater. And, and the thing what is, is it's so like, mad at? there's nothing to be upset about because it's like, it's that's a, a version of the story. You know how many different universes there are for like... <laughs> And uh, it's a the comic Fantastic book. Four alone. Yeah. You know, it's like in one universe, the characters are black. So fucking what? Who gives a shit? 
Yeah. It's, you don't you don't have to read those comics. You can read others. But for people you know? that are supposed to be have these creative yeah. minds, it's like you're talking about the audience, though. You're you're, yeah. you're talking about a world where we live in Jesus white, Santa white, <laughs> exactly. Right. Everybody, yeah. everything is white. And so yeah. when you change yeah. that, when you say, well, for me, I don't identify with that. Yeah. So we're gonna try to skew it a little bit. They're like, whoa, 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 Captain Skew Pants. Well, that's not gonna happen yeah. here today. Um, yeah. Not on my yeah. racist watch. But scientifically. <laughs> There's no possible way Jesus could have been white. But, 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 but you're, you're Santa, wasting. Santa is definitely white because nobody other than a fucking crazy fat white dude is going to live in the North fucking Pole for any reason. <laughs> I don't disagree with any of that. My point is going back to what Mike was saying was like it's just a version thereof. It's, it's right. a con- Santa is yeah. a part of storytelling. <laughs> yeah. Okay, he's not a real guy either. Yeah. A, ooh, so spoiler let's alert. not get a little bit too worked up about the fake character named Santa. Yeah, yeah. And that's and to my me, point. Me I'll leave the Jesus thing out of it just because just that's just that's too deep to go into for Here, a lot of people. Here's my he's theory. Middle Eastern. It's, he's not white. Yeah. My but, theory on Santa. This is a guy who can make whatever you wish, you know, and yeah. give it to you. Yes. Well, he's got elves. He can slide down a chimney yeah. and leave it for you if you pay the the toll of cookies and milk. Yes. If he can do that, he can look like whatever the fuck you That's want a- him to look like. <laughs> You know, he's whatever, probably, whatever, he's probably whatever, a shapeshifter. Yeah, he's yeah, a shapeshifter. How's he getting down the chimney he, if he's Santa, not exactly. Santa is an X-Man. Right. Santa, Santa was the first X-Man, wow. essentially. You know? That's why they call it Xmas. That's right. Yes. yes. Exactly. Oh my God, we just figured this out. Thank you, Mike, for coming. <laughs> we just cracked the code. Everyone, when Stan Lee passed away, everyone was you know spilling their guts on Twitter and Facebook yeah. and Instagram and everything. Which I people mourn differently, but I found a, <laughs> sure. an old tweet that was like of mine that was just in my drafts folder that I had uh-huh. never put out, but it was something from like December of last year that was like Stanley, Stan, uh, Stanley, Stanley Lee's. X-Men Xmas tree lot. <laughs> With each great tree comes great a great amount of twine. And then like I had another question, like, <laughs> and one last stand. And then like <laughs> underneath I'd written, Don't make me drunk. You won't like me when I'm drunk. So like <laughs> I combined like three different versions of these comic so, books, sort of saying a like, lot of Stan Lee. Yeah, right. In in one, there, in yeah. One tweet. So I found that and I was like, oh, I'll put this out. And I don't think people were really, really receptive, but <laughs> yeah, it might not have been the day. Yeah, but I mean to me it was like Look, the guy, like, when I talked to my, Nicole about it, I was like, Stan Lee passed away. She's like, I know. And usually, you know, there's a lot, like, like when, with Prince and with David Bowie, it's like, Jesus, they, like, I'm sorry, but 60 years old is not old anymore. So, like, yeah. that's crazy to me. Stan Lee, 95. Yeah. That we guy, all saw it come. Yeah. he lived such a <laughs> crazy like he fit more into 95 years than most oh, people yeah. could fit well, he, into a century. He, he crossed cultures. Absolutely. Cross yeah. decades. And that's the other thing. He created a culture. Yeah. I mean, if you think about it, yeah, I mean, there's there's DC, there's Batman, there's Superman. I'm a huge Batman guy, and I love Batman, but love there's Superman. no Batman. I don't... There's no... DC has never been able to really grab a hold of the culture the right. way Marvel has found a culture, like a, yeah. a, a hardcore culture. And again, I like all superheroes. I'm like, a, I, I'm like one of yeah. those kind of kids. Like, I sure. don't... I'm not a, uh, how dare you say you're Marvel. I'm not a PC yeah. Mac guy. Like, I don't get really upset about no, that kind of stuff. You're a 50-year-old man. You should not get upset. Well, yeah, about I, no, I'm 50. I should be getting upset about things. Different things. brand allegiance <laughs> at this age. Yeah. I'm upset about, like, like traffic, how <laughs> yeah. much longer do I have to wait for my food. Those are different things. Yeah, I'm yeah, talking yeah. about, like, that kind of stuff. I just, you know, I, 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 I think it's cool. But uh, in, in, in a nutshell, but Marvel, like, the culture yeah, that that permeated into our society, and now I now I don't really know, and maybe you know Mike more. Mm-hmm. Like, 
when when Marvel took this had this second life when 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 the film business could actually do something with it the right way. Right. How how did did he was that was he a big part was his the way the culture that he created do you think that that was a big part of why it exploded the way it did and it finally met or or was yes. there because I know there was a clash between him and them initially when it started right. Absolutely. Well, what what initially happened was in the seventies. Yeah, right, right around the early 70s and some in the 80s, too. They sold off rights to movie makers for some of their bigger properties. Spider-Man, Fantastic Four. I saw the Spider-Man TV movie. Uh, yeah. I saw Captain America. I watched yeah. it. I, look, I the bought Hulk, it. The Hulk is still owned by Universal. The Hulk day. just came to Hulu, by the way. Yeah. Wait, the uh, what? The, 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 the original? Bill Bixby? Yeah. yeah. Oh I, I, dude, I was I, I ran to my TV. That was pre obviously I ran to my TV. And that's a show to, that to when, you, when you go into that show, that's a show that really, like, Every episode is like, there's a moral dilemma. This guy fucking is helping the downtrodden. Yep. He's like building people up. He's against racism. He's against sexism. Like, yeah. he's just a good dude roaming the country, getting angry at the right things. Yeah, it, it basically was hi- all the right yeah. stuff. Yeah. It was yeah. it was highway to heaven, except he broke shit. Yeah, it was like, the fugitive, except yeah. he yeah. broke shit. Yeah, yeah, yeah. highway to heaven both. meets swamp thing. Yeah. I don't know. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, it was, it and was, not as good a hair as Michael Landon. It ever, was yeah. the Fugitive, Highway to Heaven, and the Wolfman. That's right. All so in one <laughs> Fugitive one Highway package. Heaven Man. Yeah. <laughs> but yeah, I mean, but yeah, so the, he was so he was trying to get things going and jumpstarting stuff, right? Because yeah. comic books and also kind of were had, kind of at a low point from a marketing right. standpoint as well, right? And that doesn't that show doesn't get the credit it deserves really as being one of the first adaptations the Hulk where it was like this is how you do this right it, it was going to say know? there were there were yeah. things that came before the Hulk like that Spider-Man yeah. movie I watched and as a kid I was like oh cool Spider-Man but like yeah. but at the, the same time when you then see how they just turn the camera and they yeah. you know, he's, you're like the mm. effects weren't there the pacing was awful on that show it was like the ratio was like 80% just people in the 70s and like 20% <laughs> Spider-Man. <laughs> you know? And for kids, that's just not enough Spider-Man. Spider-Man was also, if I'm yeah. not mistaken, was on, not Sesame Street, what was the other Electric one? Company. Uh, Electric Company. Was they, they, I, much better. Much better on Electric Company because well, right. he was always in the suit. That's right. And it and the crimes were idiotic. Yes. I think, like, so, uh, uh, I remember a criminal, vividly, his, his plan was he was going to put frogs in a bunch of cans of tomato soup. Well, <laughs> why? Hey, he's the, a villain. That's what all you need. This is. I have no idea. But Spider-Man stopped him, and that's the important thing. That's all that mattered. And helped us learn to spell frog. Or that's right. Like yes, that. exactly. And in then the those end. frogs uh, lived and, until and they were soup. dissected by eighth graders. <laughs> <Yes>. <laughs> and uh, but yeah, he was on the electric company. My first experience with Stan Lee in life that I recall was watching the Saturday morning cartoon of Spider-Man and his amazing friends. Mm. And after that, it was the Power Hour. After that was the Incredible Hulk. Okay. And Stan Lee narrated both of them. And this comes back to what you were, to your question about the creating a culture. It was in that cartoon, he would narrate at the very beginning and at the very end, but occasionally they would show Spider-Man had legal trouble. And so he goes to Matt Murdock, and Stanley would chime in and go, uh, "You may not know it, but this blind lawyer in Hell's Kitchen is actually Daredevil." And then they would show Daredevil in action, and you would be like, "Oh, these guys all relate. They're all, 
part of one world, you know? And that was the first time that I got that, that I understood that, oh, Tony Stark... Exists with Spider-Man. this whole other world, yeah. 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 And um, also, while the characters were fictional, the locations were not. Batman operates in Gotham City, which Superman is Metropolis. kind of a hybrid of a couple of cities. Yeah, New York and Toronto. Where yeah. <laughs> yes, <laughs> everything's hybrid. In and Toronto. Des Moines, it's Des Moines, Des Moines, Iowa, Casper, Wyoming. But <laughs> and uh, but it, Manhattan is chock full of Marvel characters. Yep, and they have addresses and they have buildings that they live at and stuff like that. And you know that gave it a sense of reality that. Tony Stark lives in Malibu. That you know, yeah. Uh, all the there were West Coast Avengers and East Coast Avengers. So the original it rap gave game, it like, Tupac, Tupac and Biggie. <laughs> yeah, it kind of gave it like that that sports feeling of like, oh, that guy's from where I live. Or yeah, that guy, you yeah. Know. You root for the guy. Yeah. Oh, you're from my hometown. Yeah, I like this guy. He's all right. It, down to which boroughs that the people are from. Spider-Man's from Queens, you know? Right. And it's like... Oh, I didn't know that. That's interesting. Y- yeah. My, bro- my brother lives in Queens now. Captain America's so your brother's from Brooklyn. Spider-Man. You know? <laughs> Captain America, what a dick. <laughs> what a dick. <laughs> Fuck Hipster. Him, yeah. <laughs> and, uh, you know, so all of that, and all the people that were writing them were kind of from those areas. Yeah, that was going to say they must have and been living on the East Coast. It was, yeah, and yeah. so they were like, they would write about their neighborhood or about a neighborhood that they'd been to where a crime could happen and stuff like that, you know. And I think that added a lot to it. And I remember when I was real little, they did a campaign for May DNF uh, department stores. I don't know if they're not around anymore, but they were. Pretty big at the time. Where are you from originally? Uh, Aurora, Colorado. Okay. And they had a thing, like a big stand of Spider-Man. It said, come meet Spider-Man this coming Saturday. And so oh, no. <laughs> it was a guy in a costume dressed as Spider-Man, giving every, all the kids free uh, Spider-Man comic books. But what they did was pretty smart, where each state got a different cover. And Collect so, them all, like, baby. In, in Colorado, it was Spider-Man skiing, and it was like a local lodge, and they had like a Denver Bronco thing in the background and stuff like that. And so you're like, Spider-Man's been to Colorado. <laughs> Spider-Man's a- been on that mountain <laughs> <Yeah>. right there. <laughs> this is great. I thought this town sucked. But <laughs> <laughs> Spider-Man's been Thank you, Spider-Man. Spider-Man. Yeah. I could live here for uh, another. I'll oh, you stay. know what? I'm leaving. I'll stay. <laughs> and uh, But so it's all like six- and seven-year-old kids and stuff like that. Right. And, of course, the kids are like, climb on that wall, Spider-Man. And he's like, I'll do that later. Oh, but first okay. second, Spider-Man's back uh, hurts right now. <laughs> Why don't I take some pictures with you guys? And everyone's like, yeah. The following year. <laughs> climb on that wall. That right now, kids. You know, I can only imagine when the guy got hired for the suit, they're like, here's a list of questions you'll be asked. Here's a list of things here's we will. That you're, yes, questions. Yes, here's, here's, the thing. here's some things you will not be saying That's to right. And here's a list of things you will not be doing. You will not <laughs> yeah. try to climb the wall to impress the children. <laughs> don't swing from anything. <laughs> Well, t- just going right off of that, the following year they doubled down. They were like, we, we had Spider-Man last year. We have to do it again, but we need another hero too. So first they have Spider-Man come out and do his thing. Then they go, kids, get ready. Oh, no. It's the Incredible Hulk. Oh, no. Oh. And it's a guy in one of those big like Disney-type Hulk, Hulk costumes. costumes. So like his skin didn't look like skin. It looked like green felt. Yes. Oh, and, like, and the helmet was... Angry, but you could see like the eye holes and like the big. It looked fake as shit. Uh, it was the, the fake is, and and I don't know what the employee looked like, 
but what I imagined in my head off of his voice was a burnt out Randy the Macho Man Savage. <laughs> hey, I'm the Hulk, yeah. everybody. Yeah, was, and uh, has anyone seen sounded. the Hulk cigarettes? Because uh, <laughs> that was exactly I'm missing was, my Marlboros. I am. I am. 100% positive he dropped acid before he went. <laughs> <laughs> the Hulk, put man, on butterflies are fucking awesome. Because, <laughs> like, the Hulk in the comics is very lovable and very fun, and, you know, and uh, he probably growls like, Urgh. This guy was like, ah! <laughs> <laughs> like He was freaking the fuck out. I just out. came from a frat party <laughs> yeah. where kids I in headlocks. a couple of kegs. When he did that, when he let out that weird fucking growl that we were not ready for, I saw a girl cry so hard <laughs> that the tears flew off her face. <laughs> <laughs> oh, no. There were a lot of kids going, oh, no. And like I remember hearing two brothers behind me, and I thought this was the best fucking thing I'd ever heard. These two brothers go, one of them goes, I want to go home. <laughs> and the other one goes, this was your idea. <laughs> Imagine your job was Kids crying, and then the the, the the people who like put the, the event together are like, oh, this Hulk was a yeah. bad <laughs> yeah. idea, dude. Yeah. Bad so idea. Then, so then the Hulk has a moment of self-awareness where, <laughs> where he sees like Everyone 30, crying. 30 terrorized children in front of him. And he goes, uh, I, uh, I guess uh, uh, it's time for me to go turn back into Bruce Banner. <laughs> 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 Bye, everybody. And he starts to walk off. And so they bring Spider-Man back out, and he's like, okay, kids, uh, I have your comic books. And everything. <laughs> we're all like, thanks. Yeah. <laughs> Spider-Man, you fix this. Don't bring the Hulk back yes. again. It was, it's like I didn't realize it at the time, but uh, how many comedy shows have we been to where someone bombs so fucking hard that they have to bring back <laughs> someone that was really funny? <laughs> and they're like, go back out, do another yeah, five Do minutes. another five and just hand out these comic books. <laughs> yeah. You, you uh, fix okay, this. Okay, I guess. <laughs> oh my guys. <laughs> what a great comedy show. We all got comic books. <laughs> Weird. Well, it's funny when you describe that. It's like they clearly missed the point of your of what you were describing before that was that you were starting to believe that these people lived in reality. So when a guy right. comes off in a soft suit, <laughs> well, you're like, whoa, 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 whoa. Because, I mean, look, the only other option is to have a half-naked ma muscle man. <laughs> no, you yeah. can't. Green like, that's why the Hulk, Hulk was a bad choice. Well, yeah, like, yeah, just in yeah, general. Like, in a not... full costume. He doesn't have to be a large guy. They, they could have gone with Captain America, or there's a yes, number of uh, other guys. Yeah. Normal-looking yeah. dudes yeah. that or women that could play these characters. Yes. It doesn't yes. have to be like a big... S Spider Woman would have been yeah. fine. That would have been just fine. Is yeah. Spider Woman a character? Yeah. yeah. Oh. She's a John. She's gorgeous, dude. Oh, really? Yeah. Most Most... Superheroes. They are. make them yeah. hot. Yeah. 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 Here's <laughs> ugly blob lady. She's yeah. disgusting. Yeah. <laughs> Look at her. She's throwing up. They uh, have some idiots. of those, but they're oddly enough, they're almost always bad guys for yeah. some reason. <laughs> <laughs> Only bad people are ugly. Yeah. You uh uh I, I want to make sure we cover this before we forget, but you have met Stanley personally, I did, correct? Yeah, yeah and, I saw uh, you, I think you posted a picture of you guys on um, stage at the improv. Yeah, yeah. yeah. So what was that that whole I, I forget what I I, I kinda uh, remember the night, but I, I yeah you want to walk <laughs> us through like the whole thing and, and, sure. and, and kind of your experience with him personally? Yeah, we were doing a show at the time. This was I would say things went mainstream with comic books when Iron Man came out. Yeah, yeah Iron like, Man was the first that big was the budget big movie that like they had the effects to make the movie properly. They could make it yeah. look like not like those earlier kind of incarnations. And it was of someone that not everyone was familiar with. Yeah, and, didn't you know, know anything about the character Iron Man. Right. And so like Spider Man and X Men had had movies at that time. 
but it wasn't it didn't hit the culture like that until Iron Man. Iron Man went mainstream. I mean, we all like I saw that movie. I was like, holy shit, that was one of the best superheroes movies I'd seen up to that point. Yeah. And I was like, wow. Yeah. Funny, awesome, action packed, great storyline. It changed everything. And it and it kind of set the tone of like this is what Marvel characters are. This is, you know, they're flawed, but real people, you know, and uh <clears throat> so the show I was doing was unfortunately prior to that, and it was called <laughs> <laughs> it was called the Intergalactic Defenders of Comedy, and I would get other nerdy comics to come on and do comic book related uh, humor stand up. Yeah, and it went okay. I would say like we had a decent audience and it went okay, but we had fun guests. We had Mark Singer from the Beastmaster oh. co- come do a speech. The we actor? would always yeah. Oh wow. We we had Doug Jones, uh, who played the Silver Surfer, and uh, who else? He played we, the Silver Surfer in in Fantastic Four: Rise of the Silver okay, Surfer. Okay, okay, okay. And uh, he was also in Pan's Labyrinth and Hellboy. He's done a he's yeah. He's like one of those bodysuit dudes. That he's can, like the the he's like Kobe. What uh, yeah, I know. Yeah, yeah. And uh, and that guy is awesome, by the way, because uh, that night. He was there to promote Pan's Labyrinth, and I said, "Like everyone, uh, a hand for Doug Jones. He brought a bunch of signed posters from Pan's Labyrinth." And he goes, "Mike," and I go, "Yeah." And he goes, "I didn't sign those, but I'll sign them for anyone who wants me to." <laughs> and I was like, "That's fucking classy, because yeah. that was my fuck up, right, not right, his, right. You know, and uh, to be clear, this is at the Hollywood Improv. You were doing this was at right, the yeah. Hollywood Improv. We had Thomas Jane there to promote the Punisher and stuff like that. Oh, so, wow. So we had like a, a pretty cool show going. And our manager was like, well, give us like your dream list of people that you would like to have on. And I was like, well, Stan Lee was right at the top. And I, I had all these other ones. And <laughs> he told me later that his management company got Stan Lee. And the head of the management company was like, this voicemail machine is everyone who leaves messages on here is famous. And this is the only time I've ever saved a message <laughs> was the one from Stanley. <laughs> he was like, that's so cool that, that he's going to come oh, do he, this. Oh, he called your... Ma- oh, I see what you're saying, yeah. Yeah, he, like, he, he told everyone that. He was like that excited about it. And so his assistant goes, who's Stanley? And he was like... You're fired. <laughs> <laughs> he said, I didn't get to see this, but he told me, he was like, the, the head of the company took a deep breath and said, he's responsible for more box office than James Cameron, Steven Spielberg, and George Lucas. George Lucas combined. Yeah. And that was back then. That was before the big turn, you know. And uh, and so he was like, he didn't fire him, but he, <laughs> you could tell he wanted to really badly. Yeah. And how, why, how, <laughs> can I ask you a question? What, uh, was it because Stan Lee was just that accessible, like, or was it... Was it did it did it take a little bit of finesse to get him or like what I was your I really don't know how they got because I'm assuming when you put it down you were like yeah fuck I him. was like uh, dream yeah, list is yeah, like these know, are the I people put we'll William never Shatner get. on there too yeah, yeah. and like a lot of other it like, was your good luck with this shit list basically yeah, yeah yeah they were like just give us a dream list and we'll see what yeah we if do. you can get the people that wash these people's cars we'd be happy <laughs> like. yeah and and I think honestly it was the idea of getting to be at the improv getting getting to do something at the improv. Which was a new experience for him. Okay, and I got to introduce him, and we we actually had dinner at the Improv beforehand. Oh wow! And the we sent a kid to pick him up, and the kid was so excited to go do it. 
and he had like his shitty little college car. And and so Stan Lee busts his balls when he gets there. He he goes, "What kind of car is this?" And he goes, uh, "It's a Honda Accord." And he goes, "I'm wearing my best members only jacket for this." <laughs> uh, he goes, "I put on my finest toupee for this event, and you're picking me up in a Honda Accord." <laughs> and so he he sat right next to him though in the front seat, like was <laughs> just like what a kid great just loved it him. the whole time. Yeah. And and that's uh, a guy I'd let so, him rip on me all day. Like, oh, yeah. So a yeah. couple things. Because obviously this is your show. I'm assuming you're very nervous. Oh, yeah. yeah. Uh, oh, and yes. are you worried about making sure... Were you worried about attendance that night? You didn't want him to come and not not have be a packed oh, out? Like, you, I, I packed it, the room. I made sure it was packed. There was no which, way... And I, I want to be gonna, clear yeah. for those of you who are not familiar. That shit ain't easy. No. no. I don't care no. who it is. It's Hollywood. People Even are jaded. It's, and yeah. it's just And if there's so much other stuff to do on any given night, yeah. like it's you could have the greatest lineup at the improv or the comedy Absolutely. store, but there's like, you know, a concert at the Greeks. Paul McCartney the is here at the yeah. improv. Please come. Yeah. Right. And what at what how, how much lead time did you get uh for that specific Luckily we had a couple of weeks. Okay. We had time I remember hand drawing a poster for it and stuff like that. So we had uh, a little bit of time. A little bit of leeway. And it was at the time when social media, I don't remember if it was Friendster or MySpace, honestly. <laughs> yeah, it was, but it was, you were the MySpace time, yeah. MySpace, I guess. Yeah. Um, was good about yeah. stuff like that and actually would, if you put it out there, they would give they it to They wouldn't everyone. hide it. Yeah. You know, and they didn't, you know, <laughs> fleece you for extra. Yeah, yeah. I feel like, I feel like we lost out. MySpace was probably better. Yeah. You know oh yeah. I mean? No, no, and dude. Like, I mean, let me tell you something. It, the the way things work now, they they they'll bury anything. If they if they think you're trying to get people to see something, they bury that shit now. Yeah. It's completely impossible. And they go, so, you know, yeah. if you gave us five bucks, yeah, yeah we'll everyone, push it out to the people that are this, already your friends. We can yeah. give this to your friends. Yeah. yeah. You know, yeah. yeah. give us ten. We'll give it to three people you don't know. Yeah. Like, yeah exactly. Yeah. And they'll uh, ignore it. Fuck off. Yeah. <laughs> but yeah. Okay. And so all right. So so you you find Rhode Island are very excited about your event. I mean. Cool. It's in Hollywood, California, <laughs> right? You're aware? Uh, uh, you, you've you know, gone international. <laughs> there are people in Cuba that have heard about yeah. this. So, I mean, this, and again, going back, you know, to the importance of this event, I mean, this is a this is a dream list that you hand off. This is yeah. somebody that's had a major impact on your life. Right. And it's crossing over in the career that you have chosen, which is stand-up. It's not, yeah. I want to be a superhero writer, or right. I want to be a superhero. This is, yeah. I'm doing a comic book show, but it's stand-up comedy, and now I'm yeah. getting this icon that has made a huge impact on my life. Right. I mean, you must have just been beyond, like, beside yourself for this whole thing, right? <laughs> oh, I yeah. mean, more so than other things. I mean, we're always Absolutely. around famous people, right? Yeah. But, like... This but yeah, there's famous, and then there's people that like to you. Well, like uh, I told my mom the other day because she asked, like, it's it's amazing. This kind of gives you an idea of how big a fan I am and how well known I am for it. About eight different people texted me the day Stanley died, and they were all nervous about how how to break it to me in case they were the first ones telling me. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> and my mom called me that night and was like, how are you doing? And I was like, I'm okay. And I was okay till I started talking to her. Right. And I was like, I guess part of it is that I never knew either of my grandfathers. And so hearing this kindly old man tell me stories every Saturday morning, that was the closest thing I had to it. And I broke down on the phone with her and I was like, it's around someone you could feel safe doing that yeah, sort yeah, of thing, yeah. you know. And um, 
and I realized just how much it mattered to me, you know. But so yeah, it was a big deal having him on that show. And Craig Coleman was there, mm-hmm. and he got to, and Craig was, oh, I'm just sure, ecstatic, as yeah, mixed as I was, and you know, we all were. And I had to introduce him. I had to like give a speech to the audience, and I was like, I know that some of these people don't know who this is or why he's here. So you were you you were so, like you had audience that was young enough to be like, well, I don't know who this y- guy is. Yeah, oh, and so ah, that's crazy. I said it would be great if you could clap for each of these names that I'm giving you because this person created all of them. <laughs> and so and I just went through about like 30, <laughs> you know. And, he, and, and he, so, I'm assuming he's in the room watching you do this whole thing. He was on the side of the stage. He already was there. Yeah. Okay. And and so he goes, "Why'd you stop there? I also did uh, so, so you while know. While you were doing it? <laughs> like when I when I ended and yeah. brought him up, uh, he, he, uh, goes, okay. he goes, you know, why'd you stop there? I, I also did blah, 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 blah. Names you 30 know? more characters. And, and, like, And I was like, I, I wanted to give you time to talk. But <laughs> if, if I name all of them, it's never going to stop. You know, and uh, and he said he was very complimentary. He was like, you were really funny. I, I always have to follow a really funny guy or a really pretty girl. He goes, I never, I never get some dud, and then I get to come out and just be amazing, you know? <laughs> and uh, he was, and he talked to the audience, and they like, they were, by the time he he started talking, everyone was kind of like, they got who he was, and they got what was going on, and like, and the people that were big fans of his were taking up kind of the front section. Yeah, people who knew who he and, was. And so they were all just blown away, because he was very there and accessible, and he hung out in the bar a little bit and let people come talk to him and stuff like that. And now that was my first... That was the the first real conversation I got to have with him ever. But I'd met him prior. You did at uh, different comic book conventions. Okay, and even back then, conventions tried to milk people for a little extra whenever they could. And so he was at uh, one over at the Shrine Auditorium that they would do once a month, and uh, they were like, "Our special guest is Stanley, and uh, our price of admission is ten bucks." But if you're if you get the Excelsior package, you'll get to meet him and he'll sign a thing for you, and that's only thirty five bucks or whatever. The and nobody had that kind of money, you know. And so, me and one of my friends went, and we're at the back of the line, and we're like, why don't we just stand at the back of the line and see what happens? See if we can like keep get getting him to sign anything. And so security comes over to us and about ten other people that had the same idea. And they're like, you guys need, you don't have the special wristbands or whatever. And Stan Lee yells, hey, guy. And the guy turns around, what, what? And he goes, I know you're doing your job, but I'm going to sign for whoever gets in line. (laughs) (laughs) And so, like, a bunch of people. I've heard that. They're like, hello there. And so I I was towards the end, but I realized there were still about 30 people behind me. and And he signed a Fantastic Four thing for me, and I go... I, I want to thank you for taking the extra time to sign for us. He was like, I love it. He was like, I love doing this and meeting fans. And so he was always very cool, even when he didn't have to be. And that's yeah. always that's a thing that I look for in people that I admire, really. You well, know? just the idea that they haven't become this angry piece of shit because right. of all or the too things entitled. they've created. Yeah. Or, you know, like it, th- this guy, you know, wrote these things and, and, and helped get them published and put out there for people to read and it changed their kind of opinion and, and, you know, idea of life. 
he could have easily just been like, yeah, I've done my yeah. part. Now, fucking, yeah. you give me 50 bucks if you want an autograph. Yeah, like, uh, well, and he was 80 at that time. Jesus, even. yeah. It's like, he could have just, my hand. Yeah, he's like, you know, yeah, I like, got like, writer's cramp. I, I would have <laughs> used that excuse all the time. Yeah. You know, but, uh, but yeah, he was just, he was a gentleman's gentleman, and... When we were eating together, he was great. That's what I was going to ask you. So the dinner was that before you introduced him or yeah. after? Yeah, we had dinner first. And, and, and was it a was it a dinner where you could was it a lot too many people so you couldn't have a real conversation or was it just a select few amount of we people? We had about six people, but he was definitely holding court. Like everyone was kind of like, "Let's stand we talk." Yeah. yeah, of course. Yeah, it's like, oh, Mark Twain's at the table. Maybe sh- I'll shut up for yeah. for a half hour. The Mark and Twain of comic it. books. That's a really you good know? way to look at it. And uh, I remember the waitress, uh, he, he goes, do you have root beer? And she goes, no. And he goes, that's it. And he gets up and he, he tells his lawyer, we're, we're leaving. And, and we were like, oh, no. And he goes, wait a minute. Do you have lemonade? And she goes, yeah. And he goes, I have to have it right now. And so <laughs> she, she runs off and gets some lemonade. It was great. He was that's just awesome. He was having so much fun. Why not? Right? You know, Is that kind of what you that, got out you know, of it? Is, yeah. Why not? Yeah, he has. Why not enjoy the ride? He very much had that vibe coming off of him, and was just so uh, warm and complimentary to everyone there. You know, you can know? I can I say something which is interesting? Because I, I remember somebody said this to me once when I um, back uh, I got to go see Ralph Garman interview Adam West, and I was a huge oh, Adam wow. West fan, yeah. and, and I remember posting it afterwards about how I got to meet Adam West it was important and then somebody made some snide comment like oh well go to any convention or state fair and the guy will come over and talk to you about like it was very dismissive like, yeah. like an easy joke like like he shouldn't like, be doing like that who, like he should who, be ha- living in a fucking no castle. he was doing it was the, <laughs> right. the, the, the yeah. point was like well bah, who hasn't met Adam West like whatever yeah. no, no two things I will hey, say dickhead. about that well wh- here's the thing though two things I will say about that comment which I think relates back to Stan Lee one yeah. was it was personal to me. That yeah. moment was personal to me, so it's not relevant Absolutely. what you think. Yeah. It was personal to me. Two, what I've come to find about that culture, the superhero comic book culture, is they make themselves accessible. They yeah. appreciate what they have, and they right. do that on purpose. They are enjoying the ride, and yeah. that is the difference between them and so many other people is that they've always made themselves accessible. And now you that can look exactly at that it. as that cheapening it, point. but yeah. I don't look no, at it that way. I yeah. look at it as there's a reason why Comic-Con exploded. There's a reason yeah. why all these things around the world that are related to this part of, of, of our society and pop culture yeah. are successful is because of the accessibility, the appreciation of the audience yeah. that has grown to love them. I don't see anything wrong with that. Not at all. I don't either. They, and, and I think it's that type of thing has permeated into the films and stuff like that. Like, I, I don't know yeah. if you've seen, like, uh, I I can't remember his name right now, the guy who plays Star-Lord in Guardians of the Galaxy. Chris Pine. Chris Pine. Uh, no, Chris Pine. Uh, Chris, uh, Pratt. Chris, Chris Pratt. Chris Pratt. Sorry, Chris Pratt. yeah. Yeah, he, during the filming of that, he basically just kept his costume on and went to Children's Hospital and, Dude, and like, read I absolutely like love shit like that. Yeah. Good for him. Um, Robert Downey Jr. Uh, gave a kid, this kid was like a huge Iron Man fan, but he was missing an arm, and a, a technology company invented an arm for him, so he came in character as Tony Stark, presenting that arm to the kid, yeah, and see? stuff like that. Like, oh, the the creator of 
Rocket Raccoon from Guardians of the Galaxy. Bradley is, Cooper. Uh, <laughs> <yeah>. <laughs> See, that's how we yes. would think of it. Yes, yeah. the uh, is uh, wheelchair bound and was has all sorts of like uh, problems with his body because of some disease that he's got. They showed him a private cut in his hospital room of the movie before it even came out. And they said uh, he can't really talk, but he was like crying when his character came out and stuff like that. So they're doing a lot of stuff like that. That's just more accessible to fans where, where it needs to happen, you know? And, and they've always kind of like, uh, if you look at the back of old comics, there was always like a letter page, and there was a thing called Stan Soapbox, and it was where fans could write in with anything, like whether it be comic book related or not, like a kid's bullying me at school. Like what a dear I do? Abby, but for yeah, that sort of thing. Yeah. And and he would engage the fans that way too. So I, I think what you're saying is dead on accurate you know well I, I think this is a good place to kind of to, 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 to wrap it up but it's it's funny that you know we, we started this talking about spider-man yeah and one of the things that you had said and we all know because obviously it's, it's it's very well known is that he wrote with great power comes great responsibility and it's almost yeah. kind of like in a weird way the guy the guy it wasn't just about the character but the guy actually believed that and lived his life that way and was and and, and realized that yeah. there's there's more to this. Yeah. Than just you know, the just creating something famous, taking all the money and separating yourself from the re- from the common folk. Right. Right. Doesn't like seem it, it, it seemed it, like there was. It just seemed like he lived his life uh, in a, in a way, even in your limited interactions with him. Yeah. That what you read about him, what you thought of him, he fulfilled. Yeah. yeah. Your expectations. Does that make sense? Versus I, I letting so. you down. And he had yeah. a purpose. He wasn't doing it for. Mo- it wasn't the money driven profession i mean yeah he made billions i'm sure but like that when he created spider-man he wasn't like i'm gonna be a rich motherfucker he was like (laughs) he was like or maybe he was but maybe he was but i mean it's like the fact that he had all that money and the fact that he was that successful Means he had every excuse to be less accessible. Dude yes. didn't need to be going to the Hollywood no. Improv yeah. to no. go stand up on didn't a stage in front of a couple hundred people. He didn't be joking about lemonade. Right. He would have been just fine without any of that. He didn't you know? need to yeah. do any of that. He could have been on a private island the rest of his yeah. life. He did it. He you did know? it because he enjoys his fans. Because he knows that without those fans buying those comic books, those movies don't get made. Yeah. And and nothing. Nobody. Exactly. I, we don't have Iron Man. We don't have you know four. We don't have, we don't all have all like this great stuff. Like, just look at the poster for Avengers Infinity War. Yeah, dude. I did most of that. Yeah. You know, like, yeah. I would say 90% of the faces on that poster are from his are stuff that he created. Yeah. And and the rest were done by people that were inspired by him. Yeah. You know? Huge and, impact. So I think, yeah. basically... And 95, by the way, that's a good life. It seems like he didn't get sick until the last no. year, right? Until after his wife yeah. died. It's a good, it seemed like that was life. A good, yeah. a good run. He's brought a lot of uh, entertainment and pure joy to millions of, billions of people. Yeah. Including and, Mike Black. And he's, yes. and he, you <laughs> Most know, importantly, Mike Black. Most importantly, Mike <laughs> That's why you're here. You are the yeah. most important fan of Stan Lee. Um, but I just... I would I, happily wear that name tag. Yeah, exactly. I just, yeah. <laughs> yeah. And, but I just feel like, you know, the this industry could use more people like him. Uh, yeah. And, I, and I'm hoping that, you know, he's helped... Like people that are just getting into the comic books now, or just getting into those movies now, are gonna yeah. become, you know, it'll it'll light a spark under their ass. It'll put a light bulb over their head. I think so. I th- I think it will, and I yeah. think you're right about that. Yeah. And, and 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 in conclusion, for those of you 
who have no idea who Stan Lee oh, is. Oh, come on. Other, other <laughs> than just an old man that says kooky things inside of a movie. Jesus yeah. Someday you will learn what he really was. Yeah, yeah. we'll just go like figure you did it for out Orson now Wells, because, right? yeah. yeah. Exactly. <laughs> but, Mike, thank you so much yeah, for coming dude. by and sharing your uh, wisdom and your stories about Stan Lee. And um, he will be missed, but uh, like we said, he lived a pretty good life. Thank you guys for having me, Excelsior. Yeah, Excelsior is what now? Explain. <laughs> that was uh, how he would always end his letter column. There we go. Thank you. Because that's what everyone was writing. And I'm like, that must be some sort of inside yeah. nerd humor. <laughs> I'm just kidding. <laughs> uh, all right. Thanks for listening, guys. This has been Remembering Stan Lee. <laughs> Thank you for listening to Hollywood Anonymous. Don't forget to follow us on Twitter at Hollywood Anani. That is short for Hollywood Anonymous. You can also follow John individually at John Huck and myself, Brian Irwin, at Brian Irwin on Twitter as well. Both of us can be found on Facebook. You can also Google us and contact us directly, HollywoodAnonymousGuys at gmail.com. Thank you again so much for listening, and please don't forget to subscribe 